You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. Welcome, Hoosier fans, to another victorious edition of the Assembly Call, where tonight your Indiana Hoosiers beat Marshall by a final score of 90-79. to uh, The Hoosiers fell behind by a score of 34-22 to after a 17-0 Marshall run in the first half, but they fought back to get the game to within one at the break and uh, really just rode a dominant performance by Trace Jackson Davis over the entirety of the game. Trace ends up with 43 points, setting a new Assembly Hall record for uh, single-game scoring for an IU player, breaking a mark uh, that Steve Alford had held for the better part of 35 years, if my math is uh, almost 35 years, if my math is correct. So just an absolutely dominant performance from him and and an opportunity for for people to see what happened when this team faced a little bit of adversity. Uh, some have talked about the schedule maybe not being as tough as they would have liked, and this was a, a game where... IU struggled a bit uh, and in the first half, but really fought back, and I'm uh, continued to be uh, impressed by what they what Mike Woodson is building. And so there's a lot to talk about because uh, not everything went well, uh, but the Hoosiers had Trace Jackson Davis, and Marshall did not. And uh, in some in some ways, that was uh, that was really the story of the game uh, tonight. So I'm your host Andy Bottoms, and I'm here with uh, Chad Schwartzkoff and Kathy Amos, and we're going to break it all down for you on this edition of the Assembly Call IU Postgame Show. And we'll start this way, the way we start every show, with our Hoosier Proud Banner Moment. Uh, and there were any number of Banner Moments to to potentially pick from, but there was a stretch toward the end of the game. Uh, Marshall had hit, Kinsey hit a, a a baseline jumper, falling out of bounds, got fouled on the play, made the uh, you know made made the free throw to cut it to a three-point lead at 70-67. to 67. And over the next few possessions, Xavier Johnson, Trace Jackson Davis, and Parker Stewart just took over the game. Xavier had a great drive for two. Uh, IU did give up free throws on the other end. TJD gets fouled and makes both free throws. TJD then forces a turnover on the other end. Parker Stewart makes a three. Uh, another turnover force between uh, TJD and, and Parker Stewart leads to a Xavier Johnson layup. And, and it never really got... I mean, there was a couple moments there, I guess, after that where <laughs> you didn't feel great. But it just, you know, three guys who had not played together, who are really just coming, uh, you know, coming together on this team really were the key guys in that moment. And, and quite honestly, were three of the key figures in the game overall uh, in one that, that saw IU's bench not do a whole lot. Uh, Xavier Johnson ended up with 20, had some huge contributions, and, and TJD obviously with the 43. But I thought that stretch there really allowed IU to put the game away uh, and and you know shut off any any real thoughts of a Marshall comeback after they had you know gone on an eight zero run to cut it to three, uh, so I'm sure there are lots of other moments that we'll talk about over the course of the show tonight that could qualify as banner moments, but that is the one that I went with tonight. All righty, so as we move forward here, uh, we want to give a quick quick message from our friends at Homefield Apparel. Uh, they uh, have are sponsoring the Banner Moment, as always, and uh, they have done that now for their fifth straight season in terms of sponsoring the show, and it is their first as the presenting sponsor of the Back Home Network. And in case you missed it, Homefield recently did a brand refresh of their IU collection, adding three new items to bring their extensive IU collection to more than 40 in total. They also have vintage apparel from more than 120 colleges and universities across the country, so there truly is something for almost everyone at Homefield. 
And right now, they're having an incredible site-wide sale, which runs uh, the rest of today, all day, tomorrow, Sunday, and through Monday, November 29th, Cyber Monday. And uh, there you can get 20% off all of their comfortable, high-quality shirts, sweatshirts, and hoodies. Again, all items are 20% off for the duration of the sale. No special promo code needed. And remember, items are subject to sell out, and Homefield recommends ordering as early as possible so their warehouse and shipping carriers have plenty of time to get shirts to you for the holiday season. So go to homefieldapparel.com today, load up your cart with as much Homefield goodness as you can, and get 20% off your entire order. Once again, the website is homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. All right, it is time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team, which tonight, as I mentioned, is uh, Chad Schwartzkoff and Kathy Amos. So uh, we're going to go to Chad first uh, with Chad's Hoosier Minute After instead of his normal uh, role on the Hoosier Morning After, Chad. So lots of time for you to talk about this uh, this game both tonight and then again tomorrow morning. So uh, start us off. Yeah, well, I think uh, what I like to look at and, and what I've harked on a lot um, – on Hoosier Morning After so far this year is I've really liked the way the schedule has fallen for us this year. Um, and, and this game just kind of slots in there, seeing some great adversity, having to, having to be coached up in this game, uh, going into the Syracuse game that we have uh, next up is a really good thing. I mean, obviously, we started with the Eastern Michigan game where we had some struggles. We got some good tape. Northern Illinois, we get some good, good players in there and everything, a chance for uh, meaningful minutes with different players. Uh, then you go and you have St. John's, your first big, big trial, then two games where we get to just lock down defensively. And then now we have another game that was a little bit of struggle is going to give the team a lot of good tape to look at a lot of good coachable moments for the coaches going into, uh, the rest of this week before we go into to Syracuse, which is arguably going to be a, a tough game, but Syracuse struggling a little bit. Um, but overall, uh, I, I like the adjustments. Obviously we'll, we'll talk a lot about a little bit deeper, but we were concerned about, and, and you could see all over Twitter, what was the response going to be coming out of the first half? What were coaches going to do? And they responded well and everything. So uh, mark it up to a victory, um, a little bit nerve wracking one. But uh, again, let's let's dissect this tape as a team. Uh, coaches are going to be running. We know that now uh, the coaches and the players will be running tomorrow. So hopefully they uh, get stretched out and everything and are prepared for that. But uh uh, overall, it's just good to have a win and on to the next game. All right. Well, now let's move to uh, – oh, boy. This is Jared kind of three out here, Kathy. He's got this <laughs> Kathy's Corner. I know. But, but uh, stress to yeah. emphasize the corn since you're from Iowa, which um, I feel like corn jokes been made about Indiana for quite some time as well, so I'm not really sure that's uh, – Totally fair. So uh, I'll, I'll do that just because he clearly put some thought into that, uh, into the humor that was that was injected he's a, there. He's a two-time dad now. He's a two-time dad now. So the dad jokes are coming extra yeah. strong now. Yes, I feel absolutely, absolutely. All right, Kathy, what are your opening thoughts from the game tonight? Yeah, I saw that in the run sheet too, and I just, I just shook my head at it, and I'm like, well, all right. So we'll roll with it, and I, uh, I'll embrace the corn joke, I guess, from Jared, and say I was just happy to see that uh, the team continued to continue to feed TJD as the game went. Right. So um, he had a fantastic first half off off to it was already in double figures, and it was only not even seven minutes into the game. So you could tell he was he was really going to have. Um, a great matchup tonight and I really love that the team continued to to force that into him and that he continued to produce and I'm sure we'll talk a lot about TJD tonight um <clears throat> so I I even after Marshall started 
doubling him with about uh, six or 14 minutes left. I think there was in the second half. They started doubling him a little bit. It didn't seem to slow him a whole lot down after that. Um, he still ended up scoring like another 10 or 11 points after they started started doubling him. So um, overall, I just was um, super impressed with the fact that not only did TJD have a great game, but the team embraced it and really um, kept on him with the, the whole thing. Um, Chad already hit on it too, I think, and it's pretty obvious the second half adjustments were well needed and um, well executed by the team. So I, I like that. I thought also the things I like to see from Mike Woodson that maybe we haven't seen in recent years were timely timeouts. <laughs> um, there were a number of them throughout the game where I thought the team was really um, struggling at times, especially on defense. And the then coach, I think, just made a great call number of times to, to call timeout. They didn't always work out for us tonight. In particular, there was a timeout he called where he didn't like the offense and we promptly came back in and turned the ball over. But I like the fact that he's really trying to coach and um, continue with this team throughout. So those are some of my overall um, thoughts about the game. So super excited to, to dig into it some more. Yeah, so I guess, you know, if we're talking major storylines, there's no place you can start other than Trace Jackson Davis. He ends up with, just to give a little more color to these numbers, 43 points, 18 of 24 from the floor, 7 of 9 from the free throw line, uh, 5 rebounds, 4 assists. Uh, a number of those, at least to me, it felt like they came after Marshall started adjusting to some of the, uh, to double team him a bit more, where he was able to kick the ball out to Xavier Johnson. Parker Stewart um, for for threes ended up with five blocks, two steals, uh, and and three turnovers on the game. Played thirty seven minutes, all twenty in the second half. I'm I'm fairly certain uh, without even looking at the box score that that he was out there the whole time. And I thought, you know, Coach Marlowe mentioned this in the chat, and I think it even meant, came up on the broadcast that uh, thankfully for the first time in a few games did not feature Stephen Bardo, um, but. But they just kept going back to Trace over and over again. There wasn't a need to change anything up. They really saw the matchup they wanted and basically just pounded it into TJD until Marshall was going to adjust. And he was dominant in the first half. Uh, I don't know how many dunks he had, but it was uh, it was the majority of his points, just being able to make quick moves, get the ball where he wanted it, uh, and scored effectively. And and so there were a couple of times late when I think he got tired, he might have settled for a little bit more difficult shots. But for the most part, I mean, his was an attacking mentality over the course of the game, but also was unselfish when he needed to be, when he got double and kicked out to threes. Even the, the three that Scoot Bates hit at the very end of the game was another one where just got it into him. He looked, found the open man, and, uh, and got it over to Scoop. So just thought a really well-rounded game from him. I think we'll talk defensively about the team in general here in a few minutes, but um, that was the thing that impressed me the most was just not going away from the advantage that you had. And I think at times in past years, they would deviate from things even when they were working and uh, were really just, just continued pounding the ball into them. So uh, Chad, you know, overall thoughts on, on TJD's play, leadership, emotion, uh, all the things that we saw from him tonight. I think I like what you said the last there is leadership and emotion. You saw him talking a lot more. Uh, I loved the camera work tonight because they stuck on him too during some of the dead ball uh, situations. And you saw him talking and coaching guys up even out of the timeout uh, when you should come out to the field uh, out on the court and know what the coach is running and everything like that. He's still talking and, and coaching the guys up. And then just the emotion. Um, I think the one thing he loves having out there 
even if even when he's on the bench though during timeouts is Tamar Bates. I mean, how are you not going to get pumped up having him come in and we saw him headbutting him in the chest at the uh, towards the end of the game there and everything like that. But that emotion and um, what's different about this team in this season uh, with feeding it to him is they got it to him in good positions. And whenever they were getting it down to him, they, they never forced it. We didn't see them. Uh, we'd circle it around. We'd, we'd try different ways to, to access it to the ball to him rather than forcing it and getting uh, turnovers like we would have last year and did many times. So the delivery to him was, was very good. The positioning guys um, clearing the lane for him, race or whoever was in there did a good job of getting, getting on, the, on the backside to pull his man away. Uh, but then he had good decision making uh, a few times where he missed where he, he possibly should have passed it out to uh, a ready shooter. But when he did get it out there, for the most part, he was good at hitting it in the pocket of the shooter. Um, Parker Stewart had a great shot from from one of those kickouts and everything. Um, even X did with his crazy delivery, uh, got a great three pointer from him. But just uh, uh, commanding commanding uh, situation for him and, and in a game that's just going to shoot up his NBA stock um this year and just going to make him such a such a better player yeah kathy i know you touched on tjd a bit in your uh in your opening but i think one of the things that iu fans were really glad to see him him do even you know as he started to get a little bit fatigued hit a couple big free throws there ends up seven and nine for the game uh just just another facet that he has seems to have improved over the course of the season and over the course of his career compared to what we've seen from him before. So, uh, you know, anything, any lingering thoughts on, on TJD that you didn't share at the beginning in terms of things that you saw him, uh, him do to impact the game tonight? No, I think you guys have it pretty well covered with for talking just about trace. Yeah. Um, just loved his energy and everything tonight. I mean, 37 minutes and you could tell he was getting a bit tired. So there was a, a good TV timeout that came at a great time for him. Um, got some rest and he came back in and and still finished the game very strong. I thought all the way through. So I was I just from tip off to the to the final buzzer. I was super impressed with TJD for sure. Quick, uh, I'll try to I'll try to follow along for some of the quotes in the post game. Uh, Zach Osterman tweeted this one: Mike Woodson smiling when reminded he scored forty eight points in the game once. <laughs> Quote: Them days are long gone for me, but it's a hell of a game for him. Yes, it was. Nice. Yes, it was. Uh, all right. So the other guy uh, really to, to focus in on for IU from an individual perspective uh, was Xavier Johnson. Uh, this was, I, I think, it feels like his best game uh, without a doubt. Ends up with 20 points, 7 of 12 from the floor, including 2 of 3 from three-point range. Made all four of his free throws. Seven rebounds, seven assists, just two turnovers for him, and five steals. And there was a point... About midway through the first half, I feel like when it was somewhat in the, I guess it was was later than midway, uh, but it was not long after Marshall had taken that that twelve point lead. Scoop hits a three, and then I think Xavier Johnson got put back in. Not long after that, really got into them, got a got a steal that led to a TJD dunk, and and he was obviously one of the guys, uh, you know, feeding Trace the ball repeatedly. But he ends up scoring eight points the rest of the first half, and I thought that really set the tone for what he was able to do over the course of the game. Really played in control uh, in in a way that he has struggled to do at times and even struggled to do, it felt like, at the beginning of this game. I think, if I look back, he had two turnovers in the first three possessions. Um, so those two turnovers he had, those were the only ones he had for the game. He really settled in, and uh, and I thought ran the team, 
had a few few issues. I think Woodson was not happy with him at one point there toward the end where they had called a play, and I don't think he passed the ball to who he was supposed to pass to and just kind of held on to it and dribbled. And uh, that was one of those times, Kathy, that you mentioned that Woodson took a timeout and uh, used it almost solely to voice his displeasure with what Xavier had done on that play. Um, but I thought he was. this was a glimpse of exactly how important he can be to this team. He's the kind of playmaker that IU has not had at that position since Yogi's been gone. And when he sets the tone defensively like he did tonight, that was a huge, uh, you know, just a huge way for him to turn things around. He got that one steal on the inbounds play or shortly after the inbounds when IU started to press a little bit in the second half early on. Just just I thought his effort and, and emotion set the tone, and he and TJD just basically carried everybody home uh, from there. So, Kathy, thoughts on uh, Xavier Johnson's yeah. play uh, tonight as the only only other guy for IU that scored in double figures with 20? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I thought X had a, a really great game. I was I was concerned when we came out of the um, at the beginning, and he had two turnovers in under four minutes. And I thought, oh, this is this going to be maybe a struggle bus game for him. But he really calmed down. He got himself under control. Um, we didn't see, even though there were a couple of plays where maybe a little confrontation perhaps could have ensued with the other team. And I know that some things we'd been potentially worried about coming into the season. Didn't see any of that. I thought he really played well, well within himself. Very much loved the um, – interactions the chemistry between him and tjd in particular um i also think that our second half adjustments were a huge part from him and he really seemed to lock down some defensively on the perimeter for us and um, maybe made some of some of those passes a, a little bit um more difficult going into the lane that they seem to be able to get with um at will <laughs> it seemed like tonight um so overall, I think X just had a he had a great game. I, I thirty minutes, and you already mentioned the seven assists. That always makes makes us happy too. I mean, TJD doesn't get to forty three points without the assists and the ball getting into him. So X is by far a huge part of that. So um, I loved his play tonight. Um, I loved his um, enthusiasm, his tenacity. So all of all of that was was fantastic. Chad, thoughts on uh, Xavier Johnson tonight? I know we, I saw a couple of comments in the chat about his shooting form. I, yeah, it doesn't really make sense to me that it goes in when you when you look at it, but um, it, it, for t- a night like tonight, it's hard to argue with the results. So what what are you going to do? He, he bounces and his his knees are still bent when he's shooting. It's it's so weird. Uh, anyways, just looking at the stats for him, I mean, you didn't mention his plus minus. He had the highest of the team at twenty seven. And uh, that kind of shows, obviously, we needed him out there. And when he went out was when kind of things went awry for this team. Um, the bench, which we might go into later, uh, were all negative in the plus minus. They really struggled to get going. So he needed to be in there in this game. And he's really shown in, in this game, he had a few moments. And then uh, in the previous games as well, where he has like Yogi style uh, ability to probe in the, to the lane. He kind of he snakes a few steps in, will hesitate, will slow, and then speed up again and, and make it to the basket. But he's able to analyze and probe the lane so well as a point guard and analyze what needs to happen. Um, it was really on display in this game. I definitely saw a few moments of that. And uh, it's it's something that this team has needed. And it's great to see it. And and like, like you said, that connection that he has with Trace Jackson Davis seems to only be growing because their IQ is the same. Like, like I said, when he's driving in there, he's looking, his head is up, and he knows how to find Trace Jackson Davis when he needs to and find the hoop when, when he doesn't have Trace. So, yeah, loved, loved the game from him. And like you said, those two first turnovers 
or just at, at the beginning, and then he he settled down. Uh, personal fouls, just three. So uh, a few whistles were a little rough. We had our old friend uh, Bo in there. So, but he helped us. Hey, I will say Bo helped us in that uh, out of bounds thing where they thought that it, it tipped on race. So um, I will give, I guess, Bo that credit. Um, sorry, Ryan, if you're watching. Yeah, I was going to say, we, we don't um, do that on the show, Chad. I don't know if you're. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but hey, Ryan's not here, so we can do that a little bit. Fair so uh, when when they make good calls or good plays or reverse bad calls, then, then we got to give them props on that. But yeah, again, X is just showing why he was one of the biggest picks up, pickups in, th- in the offseason uh, this year and is just going to be in charge of a lot of the wins that we have. All right. So the other main thing I wanted to hit before we uh, wrap up the first segment was the defense. Uh, I thought it was incredibly poor at stretches in the first half. I think particularly when they went to the bench, although it started before that, but really struggled communicating on how they were covering the, the ball screens that Marshall was setting. I know um, Tony Adrani had put it on there like that. They do so many middle ball screens. Like you have, it just seemed uh, odd that you wouldn't, you know, that they were so confused by some of that where they, you know, that so many times the guy would leak and they'd get a lob. Um, They got confused as when they were switching and when they weren't. Um, so the way I, as I had it charted in the first half, it ended up at 1.08 points per possession that they'd given up, which I think is probably as, as much as they've had over the course of the year that did improve in the second half to 0.97, at least based on the way that I had it, that included a, you know, three pointer on the Marshall's last possession, which was kind of a, you know, a, a garbage possession toward the end. But really in the second half, you look, there was that one stretch where they went on a, um, you know, a couple runs there, but for the most part, I, you didn't let them score, you know, three, four consecutive possessions in the way that they did in the first half, I thought really forced them to, to take tougher shots in the second half and just seemed a little more cohesive. I think you saw them press a little bit on made baskets, at least apply a little bit of pressure in the backcourt that led to some steals. Um, saw a little bit more switching on some of the screens uh, and, and just thought guys fought a little bit more uh, through the, uh, you know, through the scheme that they did have running. Uh, but but I thought it was, you know, we talked about adjustments. And I know everybody on Twitter and, and in the chat is making the same joke about like, are we actually uh, allowed to make adjustments in the middle of the game? Yes, that is in fact true. Uh, and, and I thought some of those things were, were Woodson adjustments with the way he played those, um, you know, ball screens and, and handled some of that in the second half. Some of it I thought was just more attention to detail and better communication. Uh, Chad, I don't know where you, you know, kind of come down on that or if there's anything that you saw uh, as you saw them struggling in the first half and, and less so in the second, but uh, just was was curious to kind of get you guys' thoughts because defense is what this team had hung its hat on, uh, and they were getting worked uh, on the defensive end in the first half, just giving up so many easy baskets. It's one thing to give up, you know, tough jumpers, and, and, and Marshall hit some tough shots and, and took some bad shots over the course of the game, how they want to play, but there was too much that was too easy at the rim in the first half. I'll, I'll maybe uh, blame the cafeteria for the team a little too much. Maybe Thanksgiving, a little too much turkey, something like that. Those does tend to slow you down, get you a little more sluggish. It's a natural uh, sleep agent or something. What do they say? Uh, a tryptophan? A relax tryptophan, <laughs> exactly, in it. So I think maybe a little too much turkey. That's why they came out a little flat. I don't know. Just the energy wasn't there. The intensity wasn't there. And I think when you combine not having that intensity on defense uh, along with the lack of communication, um, that's where you see it fall apart like it did in the first half. And um, it was just frustrating because they, they looked, like you said, they looked lost. They weren't able to figure out how to help on that on that screen. And then just seeing the lobs go over was just so terrible. At least at one point towards the end of the game, 
we had that one great play by Trace Jackson Davis where he anticipated it and used his just was lucky enough, I should say, to use his athleticism and and length to get up there and get that ball and get that steal eventually. But um, it does definitely put a mark on IU's defense and uh, puts a little game film for our opponents to, to watch and see how to break us down a little bit. So um, equally how our opponents will use it, we need to use it um, in practices now and figure out what was wrong and they need to know how to fix it in the future so it doesn't become uh, a stain uh, on, on our defense. Kathy, what were, you, what were your thoughts on the defense? Yeah, I um, I agree with obviously everything Chad said. Uh, it just seemed it seemed like mostly they were playing five outs and then having the double screen the top with the the picks and the rolls going down, and we just didn't seem to ever get back. And in particular, I think the second unit seemed to me to struggle the most with it. Um, Michael Durr, the game just wasn't there for him tonight, um, as you could reflect in the only the three minutes he played, which I think all came in the first half. I don't believe he played in the second half. It just seemed this was uh, a game that was way too fast for him. And his um, numbers reflected it. Um, three minutes, he ended up with a foul, two turnovers, and a and plus minus of negative nine. Um, this in particular seemed like a very um, poor game for him. I, I also thought that Christian Lander was getting beat off the drive quite a bit um, and struggled on his defensive side um, quite a bit at times as well, which didn't help things. So, uh, And then, of course, uh, Jordan Geronimo as well. I think you, this game was not um, one that was <laughs> well poised for him with matchups and, and the pace of play, and it just wasn't coming for him tonight. So in particular, those three off of our second unit really struggled on the defensive side, um, and it, it showed um, in the stat line, but you could see on the screen that it, it just wasn't there for them. Um, I, I think other than that, our, our first unit, um, our starters seem to adjust in that second half in particular, although I still would have liked to see um, better closeouts underneath the basket. There still seems to be a, a lot of points in the paint. They ended up with what, um, how many points in the paint? Let's see. I was going to say it was, it was, they had actually uh, outscored IU in the first half, which seemed yeah, surprising given exactly. how TJD was, was down, yeah. but it ended, yeah, they ended with 44. Too. So yeah, it was 50 to they 44. Did, yeah. in total they are, um, had more points than paid. They had 28 to our 26 in the first half. That's yeah, exactly where I was going. So, um, yeah. And then ended up with 44. So we did barely outscore them in the paint towards then. I think we ended up with 50, but, um, I would have liked to seen that margin quite a bit more with the game that TJD was having. So for me, it was just all about how can we keep, um, teams from, as you said, seeing this on tape and knowing how to get that ball into the paint against us. So, um, Better adjustment in the second half, but I I would have liked to seen a little bit more shutting down that lane. Yeah, it was it was interesting. Just a, a few quick thoughts on the defense. I think on that that second unit comment was a was a great one, Kathy. And what seemed odd, not, I guess not odd to me. Th- this maybe is an area that Woodson played it a little bit like the NBA would, and and maybe can't get away with that in college. But for during the stretch, the things really got away from IU. It was the four bench guys and Miller Cop. I, I believe was the lineup where he had Lander Bates, Cop. Geronimo and Durr and they just really really struggled um, with that group and and Durr did not play in the second half Geronimo played I think just four minutes but as those guys did get brought in it was more sprinkled in with other guys that were in the the starting unit in the second half which I thought was uh, was important I thought Lander fought through a little bit better in the second half but but he and Geronimo in particular in the first half just from a communication perspective uh, really struggled on a number of plays Durr as you said struggled I think the you know, as he works his way back, I don't know that the the spacing that Marshall wants to play with is a great fit for him. Um, but 
you know, tried to get TJD a little bit of a break there. And I think that was one of the things when seeing Marshall on the schedule for IU, it's a good opportunity in the sense of they play a unique style and how can you adjust to that defensively and do some of those things when they play, you know, five out, how do you guard people? How do you switch? How do you, uh, how do you make sure that you've got somebody to be in help position? And, and in the first half that really struggled, they took advantage of some of TJD coming over to block shots on the weak side. I know coach Adrani did a good job breaking that down in one of his film room segments, but then nobody's there to get the offensive rebound, and it, it, it you know, that came back to bite IU a couple times in the in the first half. So, uh, I it, overall like the adjustments. I think it's a little bit of a unique style. You're not going to see people play a ton, um, so I don't know how translatable some pieces of it are. But there's certainly sets that Marshall ran that uh, I think IU will see uh, over the course of the season just to see if they can figure out how to how to how to defend them. Same thing being that that being said. I don't know, you know, can other teams do that when that's such a, you know, a lot of those things are staples of the way that Marshall wants to play and really get up and down and take quick shots and do all those kinds of things. So uh, we'll see. But like the adjustments, like the the fight that IU showed, and, and there's one person in particular that I want to talk about, which I'll, uh, which I'll hit here in the meaningful moment. So, all right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're, we will continue our breakdown of IU's 90 to 79 win over Marshall. And we'll point out some meaningful moments that you might have missed and then go inside the numbers to highlight the most important statistical notes from the game. If you're listening to the Assembly Call. Stick with us. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is Jordan Halls, and I never miss a shot or an episode of The Assembly Call. And welcome back to The Assembly Call IU Postgame Show. I'm Andy Bottoms here with Chad Schwartzkopf and Kathy Amos, and we are breaking down Indiana's 90-79 to victory over Marshall. And now it is time for... All right, well, I'm going to admit here, I'm doing this a little bit to just shoehorn this guy in because I thought he played well, uh, even though the numbers of the guy he defended for the majority of the game may not suggest it. But uh, I thought there were some some big moments from Parker Stewart uh, tonight. And with Tavion Kinsey, IU did not have a great matchup for him. He's a little bit too quick for race. He's too big for most of the guards. And it was pretty much uh, Parker Stewart. I need you to I need you to figure out how to just make this guy's life a little bit difficult over the course of the game and I thought he did uh, a pretty good job of that uh, quite honestly and so um, you know there are a couple plays for him uh, one on the defensive end late in the game you know knocks the ball away the Marshall guy just kind of 
trots after a little bit thinking he's going to get it. Stewart goes and does a full out dive, um, nearly saved the ball for IU there. That I thought was a, a really good play from him defensively and just being able to knock down a couple big threes. Uh, he didn't take a ton of shots tonight. I don't know that it's a game where you would expect him to take a ton of shots just based on, um, you know, just based on the way the game went. He was two of six overall from the floor, two of five from three. Um, you know, those, those two threes were all six of his points, but I just thought he just battled his butt off and he's got limitations defensively that I think will make it difficult for him to guard guys like, uh, like Kinsey that he was asked to guard tonight, who just, who's, who's, <laughs> whose approach was, I'm going to dribble around long enough to see if I can find a crease and get to the basket. And it worked, uh, quite a bit, but I, I thought he really played well and, and somebody can look and say, Hey, he gave up a ton of points to this guy, but I just really thought he battled, uh, and, and appreciated that and, uh, really played well. Uh, I thought for IU, uh, Chad, any, any thoughts on Parker who we, you know, we spent pretty much the whole first segment dedicated to TJD and, and X, which is reasonable, but, uh, I, I thought Parker played well as well. Yeah, I think he, he battled when he needed to. I think again, Parker, I kind of put to a degree of like a part of a two headed beast or snake. I think him and Miller cop are kind of really the, a, a tandem players that are out there obviously to make threes for us and everything. And, um, where one might lack in a game, I think the other one will pick up. I think you're going to kind of see the, both those guys kind of trade good games. Who's going to have a good game, and and then the other one may not have as big of a game. And um, they both were kind of mediocre and brought together to a, to a pretty decent game. But I, I've always liked Stewart's um, game and everything, and he's always there and ready. Uh, he knows his role. He's out there, and and like one of those threes that we kind of talked about on that pass out, one of uh, Trace Jackson Davis's four assists. Um, he's just ready to do to, for when the ball comes to him and everything. And, but like you said, he, he drew the short straw definitely because, uh, their star player was a lot to handle and, and he put up some, some pretty ridiculous shots. Like you said, dribbling around actually the whole Marshall team kind of in the second half, uh, when our defense kindly, finally, uh, locked in, looked, uh, a, a little, a little circusy of shots, uh, s- similar shots that I used to take, uh, with my friends on the, on the eight foot rims in the parking lot of child's elementary in, in Bloomington, those goofy circus shots. But um, yeah, Stewart, Stewart had, had uh, a pretty meaningful day for him, 25 minutes, a lot, a lot of play time. And I think a lot of that was because he was our best matchup, like you said, but uh, I look for him to have mediocre games. They'll be like this. Um, but I think it's just up from here, from these types of games for him this year. Kathy, any thoughts on Parker or other, uh, other moments that you jotted down? Yeah. So yeah, that was the main moment I wanted to point out to you. Actually, Andy, that was my my meaningful moment. I loved that deflection where he didn't just stay back and let the deflection see what happens. He went after it and dove on the ball. And I thought that was very great. That was about five and a half minutes left in the game. And at that point, it seemed like they were trying to make a little bit of a run um, and it didn't uh, didn't quite happen. Um, the other one I thought could have been a very opposite way was around uh, about the eight and a half minute left mark and scoop had um, went to inbound the ball and just completely made a very bad pass. And that turnover led to a fast break. And that really seemed to, to spark Marshall at that point. And that's when I was starting to get just a, a little nervous to see if we could put him away. I think um, we were up at about 11 right before that. And um, a couple of plays later, all of a sudden they're within six. <laughs> so I'm like, well, are we going to again, see uh, this team where they get a nice, what it seemed like cushion of a lead and it didn't, um, didn't quite hang on to it, but they, they did in this case. And I think that play that you mentioned from Parker Stewart was, um, 
for sure one of those plays that really helped in my mind um push the momentum back in our favor it was great um great defense on his part it didn't quite lead all the way to a turnover forced but I, I just i loved loved the the tenacity from him for sure chad what moments stood out to you uh, i think another moment that i like to look at and it's uh it's going to be a, a compliment sandwich if you want to say not really a sandwich an open face sandwich a good and a bad um, but we got to see again, Lander struggled in this game overall, but, uh, in the second half, he had a great moment where he got to the rim with ease, showed his downhill ability and everything. Um, uh, but then sadly went down the next possession and, uh, kind of a lazy pass uh, led to a turnover. So it's, it's just kind of where he is. I feel like, I feel like it's just going to be, you're going to be about 50, 50, uh, good and bad with him. You're going to have, uh, some really good plays, some really good games, and then you're going to almost have chaotic neutral, if you will, I guess, maybe with him (laughs) is how to explain his game. But it it was at least a positive uh, moment to see him have one of his downhill moments in this game. Yeah, that was, that was definitely a, uh, uh, he seems to have these sequences where he he tells you at the same time like why you want to see him play more and and then shows you why he might not be in, in pretty quick succession. Uh, exactly. So it was you know big big chance for him uh, with you know Rob out again. I thought he you know we talked about he struggled a bit in the first half. That was a big drive at that at that moment in the game. I had that one highlighted as well uh, for him. And I, I'll throw in. Uh, couple one particular play from scoop you know the the basket that stopped the 17-0 run from marshall in the first half was a, a three-pointer from scoop and that got iu energized a little bit they went on a you know they he hit that they scored the, that and then the next four possessions and uh went on an 11 to i think 13 to 2 run actually over the course of the next couple minutes that really allowed them to get back in the game so i thought he was another guy who struggled a bit defensively uh at times uh, but made made a big shot in that scenario. Played largely outside of that play that uh, that Kathy mentioned under control. Just didn't get a ton of shots. You know, made both of his threes, missed both of his twos over the course of the game. Uh, the the second three was kind of toward the end. Uh, what I thought was going to be the uh, the icing on the cake until the TJD windmill there <laughs> toward the end. But um, you know, I thought just in general with with the bench, it was. Yeah, you know, they struggled defensively. They really struggled. They, you know, struggled on the offensive offensive end. Didn't take care of the ball well in the first half. Um, just, just thought that that was something I, that we had felt like we'd been able to count on at various points during the game. Uh, but in this game, in totality, the bench gets eight points, just one rebound across the four guys who played uh, off the bench, and doing trying to do quick math here, eight turnovers. Uh, out of those guys so certainly need more than that this was uh, certainly one where the starters had to carry the day but I did think um, you know that play by scoop was another big one and and I think a good growth opportunity for him uh, just in terms of uh, you know his maturation as a freshman and and um, being able to step up and not be afraid to take a big shot to stop a huge run like that uh, says a lot about him for sure Uh, I mean I'm Gotcha. Let me hop in because I, I you, you talked about the bench and stuff, and I, I think what we've seen in the past couple games was a, a mojo or kind of like a, a flow with them that was starting to connect, especially with Tamar and Lander. They had a connection that they were starting to build and everything, and I feel like the defensive end where they struggled on that kind of threw that rhythm off and, and didn't allow them to have that on offense, what they've had before, that little swagger and stuff. 
And then uh, you saw that obviously from that inbound play where um, Tamar was trying to throw it in and no one was open and Lander was just casually standing right up against his man. And when Tamar had no other choice but to try to, well, he did have a choice, but he missed it, uh, a wide open uh, Jordan under the basket. But when he had no other option or thought he had no other option to throw it to Lander, Lander lays a daisical just standing out there with this guy and his, 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 the defender obviously easily able to knock it away from him. But um, hopefully this was just kind of a, a fluke thing with the bench and uh, we'll see some more rhythm from them. But um, I did like how we got to see them a little bit with Trace as well um, to try to get them warm and get them going a little bit. It didn't quite work as well tonight. Um, the starters were definitely uh, what needed to be out there. Uh, again, just looking at the plus minus as you can see that. All right. Any other moments you guys want to hit before we uh, head to head to stats? Doesn't didn't look like it. All right. Let's move into the. Uh... Let's move inside the numbers here, and uh, as we do that, uh, we want to remind you that this segment is sponsored by the Power Rank, where our friend Ed uses data and analytics to make accurate football and college basketball predictions. Also writes an incredible March Madness guide every year, which we'll have a special offer for you on once March rolls around. And for now, if you want sports betting advice with a PhD edge, or if you just like understanding sports on a more analytical level, make sure you subscribe to Ed's free newsletter. If you want to do that, go to thepowerrank.com slash AC to subscribe. Again, that's thepowerrank.ac or slash AC. Sorry. Uh, all right. So let's uh, dissect the numbers to tell the story of the game. And outside of TJD's individual numbers, uh, IU hit eight of 15 three-pointers in this game for 53.3%. Uh, I do not have the hallelujah sound drop that Jared would most certainly play in this scenario. Uh, but this was a game that IU was able to... You know, TJD was dominant inside, and, and in some ways you wouldn't expect IU to have hit as many threes as they did or to, to take as many, uh, but, you know, really shot the ball well on some of those kickouts. And I think Trace has a lot to do with that, just the attention that he was generating in the post. But you had multiple guys make, I think five guys here made three-pointers tonight. Race got things started by hitting one for IU's first basket of the game. He's two from Xavier Johnson, one from Miller Cop. Uh, Parker Stewart hit two, as we mentioned. Tamar hit two, as we mentioned. Uh, just a, an impressive shooting performance from IU. So I think if there's anywhere we start, it's it's with the shooting numbers. They're 53.3% from three, 73.7% from the line, 14 out of 19, including eight of 10 uh, in the second half. So for all the last couple of years has brought, um, good shooting has not been one of those things. So anytime that uh, great shooting from IU leads to a victory, that feels like the only way that we can lead the uh, <laughs> any kind of statistical segment. So, uh, Kathy, thoughts on the shooting tonight? Uh, just and, and just kind of how that's progressed over the course of the year. Yeah, I mean, after that first game, I mean, I think quite a few of us were a little nervous, right? What did we shoot? Fourteen percent from three, something like that seems to stick in my it, head. It wasn't good. Um, I, whatever it was, it was not good. It was panic-inducing <laughs> for many, for sure. <laughs> For sure. So it was good to see. Hopefully that looks to be an anomaly. I think I saw someone post in the, in the chats that uh, you take that first game out and we're shooting somewhere in the, the mid uh, 30s, upper 30s, 40s and three point percentage. Um, and we're in like the top 80 in the country now, um, including that first game. So I, I love the shooting tonight, the free throws, especially. Um, which I know the last game people were down on free throws. Most of that was from Jordan only hitting two of eight, I believe. This game, 
in particular, if we're concentrating on free throws, I'd love to see TJD, right? He was obviously, we were getting him the ball. He was getting fouled a lot. And the fact that he actually knocked his free throws down, seven of nine, uh, is just fantastic to see. And hopefully that's the trend we'll continue to see and that we won't regress back to to maybe some of the previous years. So concentrating just on shooting, yeah, for sure. I loved, uh, loved every every percentage you can see on the board. First half, second half, three points, free throws, all of them. All right, Chad, what uh, what numbers jumped out to you tonight? Well, speaking on the shooting real quick, I, I do would want to say that... Uh, it was fun, some would say. It was fun. The, the shooting was fun. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> But I think a lot of it, a lot of it was um, the numbers were so good in shooting because our shot selection was so good. You had Trace Jackson Davis, obviously, uh, being involved with that a lot because he was shooting those high percentage shots and everything. But everything came within the game. We never felt I never felt like we were forcing any shots. We we were we weren't at the back end of the shot clock really ever in this game. I, I never really uh, I don't I don't have any memory of it. I don't know if you guys do, but I don't I never think the shot clock was an issue for us in this game. So um, that means the shots were coming at good opportune times. We, we were taking them within the flow of the of the offense and everything. So I think that's why the numbers shows what they do. And, and then the, the good number to take from that, obviously, to compare on other games, like you said, is the is the free throws, because it, it's exciting to see those types of uh, uh, numbers go up when we've, we've struggled otherwise in it. Um, obviously, you want to talk about the turnovers. Turnovers is something that we don't want to see. Uh, that kind of situation, but um, in a game with the amount of possessions that we had, uh, at least at least nine turnovers in the first half, six in in the second to end with fifteen. Um, like I said, they're going to be running and everything like that. But um, clean, they felt like turnovers that could be cleaned up just by paying attention, by uh, being more locked in on the game. A lot of mental errors on these turnovers. Didn't feel like they were really forced turnovers that many from from the opposing team in this game yeah i would i would agree with that um it's again you take out some of our turnovers from our bench in particular and um and we had three from a lander so you take out those three then they they meet their 12 um in uh, those early turnovers from from xavier as well so i i agree with that the other uh things i again we've already talked about are the bench points we definitely <laughs> we're outscored 21 to eight in, in the bench points there, which I know we've already hammered on, but we have to have more production from our, our bench. We, we just really do. We cannot expect Trace and um, Xavier to have 63 points every night. Like that's not a sustainable <laughs> um, model for a basketball team to have. We have to be able to rely on some on our, on our, um, on our bench for sure. So those are some of the other numbers. I think that kind of jumped out to me. Um, in addition to, if we're going back to the positive, so I'll end on positive is our blocks. So we had six blocks again. I think they were been averaging somewhere in that six, seven as a team. And five of those came from, from trace tonight. So again, all over uh, the, the team down low with, with blocking and, and really trying to get um, aggra- aggravate their shots. <laughs> Yeah, so those are some other numbers, Andy. Yeah, yeah. On the turnovers, it was funny. I was kind of looking back. There was one stretch. We we talked about the the second unit struggles on the defensive end. They they also struggled mightily on the offensive end. There was a ten possession stretch in the middle of the first half where IU turned the ball over seven times out of ten trips, and I think all but one of those were from the bench. You had a couple on Geronimo on moving screens. I think Durr got caught on a moving screen for one. Now one of the moving screens on Geronimo, I thought was not a good call, um, but. They were they were looking for that, which is kind of interesting, or maybe it's a testament to the way that Marshall coaches it. But 
for a team that runs as many ball screens as they did, they didn't get called for one uh, moving screen. So I don't know what to uh, I don't I know what to make that of that. Bad officiating. No, uh, that could be could be. Uh, so I think um, so I think uh, you know, the, the, but that stretch there from the the second unit was a, a real struggle there, and really you, you you can't take that stretch out because those mattered and were a key factor in the game. Uh, you know, so many of the the miscues came then, just six in the second half. So I think that was uh, a positive as you move forward. Uh, Kathy touched on points in the paint. IU ends up winning that 50 to 44 after trailing there by a, a couple points at halftime. Uh, but six blocks, 10 steals uh, in total. So active defensively uh, for IU uh, at, at times and, and were more disruptive when, when they wanted to be uh, as they went through that. But I think that from a, a numbers perspective is, is most of what comes out. I guess the other thing we'll go to, I'll, I'll do this just to uh, you know talk about Race Thompson a little bit because we haven't touched on him very much. Uh, he ends up leading IU with 10 rebounds, had eight points, was just two of eight from the floor, three of six from the free throw line. Did a little bit of everything for IU, as he always does. Ten rebounds, one assist, a block, and two steals uh, in 31 minutes. And I thought he got off to a really good start. There was, for a while, he and Trace were the only guys that had scored. Um, and so I thought he was active and, and effective on the glass, but uh, struggled a little bit to find a rhythm offensively. But I do think knocking down that three at the beginning was a big one because they had really sagged off of him to play down on TJD in the post, and he made that first shot. And you didn't really see them do that with him. Now I don't know that those two were on the same side a whole lot uh, in in you know later situations in the game either. But um, but I thought another solid performance from Race, not his best, but uh, on a game in a game when the bench really struggled, he gave IU 31 minutes and grabbed 10 rebounds. I thought a uh, a, a decent overall game from him. Uh, you know, Chad, any thoughts on on Race or uh, any other you know guys maybe that we haven't talked about yet? No, I think Race again when he doesn't show up, show up on the stat sheet. Uh, largely, you you got to kind of look back and see what did he do to support Trace Jackson Davis, and and a lot of that was giving him the space uh, when he would get the game the ball on the block was able to clear out to the opposing side, and then and then knew the right time to crash in there and be there to support for the rebound if he needed to be uh, and everything. Uh, it was a little bit disheartening. There was a, a moment where he did get the ball on the block himself and try to go up and after seeing Trace Jackson Davis do it so many times and then him go up and, and not have success with it, with it was a, a, a little, a little tough to see. Um, but uh, yeah, his, his game, his game overall, again, doing the stuff that you don't see on the stat sheet that you maybe even don't even notice until you watch the game a second time. But again, just an integral leader and, and person that you want to have on the, on the court as much as possible. Uh, the other person that I just want to speak on real quick, that was just tough to see out there is again, Jordan Geronimo that he just struggled to find the game. And uh, he looked like he did uh, in, in, in previous games last year, where uh, all this sit- switching and the ball screening on defense, he, he had that kind of deer in headlights look a little bit. And he looked a little frazzled and, and lost out there during some defensive possessions. And I hate to see that for him. And um, we've seen better out of him. And, and I think it's just, if this is the one slump game that he has and he takes off like we know he can from here on out, then um, that'll be great. But um, just two turnovers, uh, two fouls, and that's about all he puts on the stat sheet is, is a little little rough for him, uh, disappointing for him in this game. Um, yeah. Yeah, what, one other guy, Kathy, I'll, I'll throw it to you for thoughts on, yep. on Miller Cop. Uh, he ended up hitting a couple yep. shots. I think he made both of his baskets in the second half, if I'm remembering correctly. He hit a three in the corner and another uh, you know, baseline jumper that, that he hit at, at key moments. I thought he did a better job of not hunting shots tonight. Um 
let let the game come to him a, a little bit and you know wasn't spectacular but I thought gave them solid minutes made a few good defensive plays on on help side uh and did did okay on that side of things I think he struggled at other times on the defensive end but uh, I thought overall offensively he didn't force shots which I think has been a little bit of a challenge at times as he's tried to get himself going uh a bit any thoughts on on cops play before we uh before we take another break yeah, the, he was actually the other person I wanted to bring up. I don't think we've talked about him, and maybe it's because, uh, and maybe this is just me, but I feel like when he's on the floor, I still don't see him on the floor, if that makes any sense. <laughs> um, I know he's doing things. He's out there, and he's working hard. Uh, he only had 23 met- minutes time. Um, versus other games where I know when we were able to play our bench quite a bit, he was one of the only starters that would stay out there with our, our bench players, um, probably for that leadership. But uh, five points tonight, I do agree he didn't seem to force it. Uh, but I think, Andy, the way you put it is probably about right for, for Miller Cop. He He's okay. He's nothing spectacular. I don't think he does anything to really hurt the team, which is always good. Um, if I look here quick at his plus minus, I I don't think it was. Again, it was nothing I he, spectacular. I think he was plus he one. Was it was. Even. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was. It was pretty crazy. If you look at the plus minus, and then I'll let you, I'll let you finish. But like the 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 four guys who really who you had Thompson, TJD, Stewart, and Johnson were all plus nineteen or better cop was plus one and everybody else was negative uh it was which i think speaks to the play of the bench overall but it was kind of an odd odd mix so not to cut you off there but i i I had noticed his plus minus earlier when you brought that up yeah and i think that it's a perfect indication of where i was kind of going andy is like he's (laughs) he doesn't hurt us and but he doesn't i don't know that he so much helps us and i'm still struggling to see where he's he's fitting in with the team and i'm I'm still looking for more from him, I guess, is what I'm, I'm trying to say. So that's kind of my take on Miller Cop. I think um, I think there's more to him than maybe we've been able to see. And maybe that's all the, the coaching staff is asking of him. And that's and that's perfectly fine, too. I don't know the conversations obviously going on in practice, but I, I'm still hoping to see a little bit more from him, especially from three point. But. I don't want him to start forcing it either. So <laughs> if this is what we get from him tonight as a supporting cast member, then that's fine. I just, uh, again, as a starter, I'm hoping to see maybe a little bit more than just okay from him. And well, uh, before we go to break, yeah, go I just, Miller Cop is is kind of the player that going into uh, this season, I was the most excited for. It's seeing mm-hmm. in the, him in the Bahamas, um, he was dominant in those games and, and was hitting shots. And being there, hearing how vocal he was and how much of a leader he was, um, I've expected more and haven't quite seen what I thought I was going to see so far from him. So that's just slightly dis- disappointment. And and maybe that just is something that's hidden and, and we'll see pop out at opportune times uh, during random games this year. Yeah, I th- yeah, and we didn't need more from him tonight, right? Like we, again, but there are going to be nights I think we need him to step up a little more. So sorry, Andy. <laughs> yeah, no, you're good. I, I think with him... This matchup highlights a little bit of what I think the challenge is in trying to to use him in, in some ways. So there was discussion about, you know, could he place the four for this team? He, he's really predominantly played the three, although I think he played a little bit of four uh, at times tonight. But I think on a team against a team like Marshall, who really spreads you out and forces guys to be able to guard off the bounce, that's not really an area where he excels, particularly against guys his size or smaller. So it's tough to find places for him tonight. And I think you could see that potentially happening at times in the in Big Ten play, though. So 
I think they've got to figure out a way to either get him a few more minutes at the four where maybe he can draw somebody away from the basket because I think he's going to struggle to guard threes in the Big Ten for the most part, and that's really what he's going to end up being asked to do. So I think that, to me, is where it gets tricky in terms of what to do with him, but his shot-making is something that is going to come up big at times for IU this season. I thought the couple shots he made uh, in this one, you hit the one, three on the break. uh, I think put him up 13 at the time, really got the crowd going. Some of those things had a nice, you know, baseline jumper. I think the defense is going to be the biggest issue for him. And like, how do you, how does he match up? How are you able to, to find a matchup that he can, he can guard effectively and go through it that way. So, uh, and, and I don't know how much he's still rusty from the, you know, ankle injury, whatever happened in the, in the Bahamas, if he's still working back a little bit from that, but I, you know, I like I said, I think it's the the biggest thing is can he guard threes or do you have to play more at the four? And then what does that mean for the overall uh, rotation as you go forward? So, uh, all right. Well, I think we've we've gone far far inside the numbers. So we'll uh, we'll take another uh, we'll take another break here. And when we come back, we're going to hand out our game balls and the Hoosier Hustle Award, and then we'll introduce uh, or we'll talk about lingering questions before we look ahead to Indiana's next opponent. That's all next here on the Assembly Call. Stick with us. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And... Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. This is Nick Zeisloft. I never miss an open three, and I never miss an episode of The Assembly Call. All right, and welcome back to the Assembly Call IU Postgame Show. Catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game, plus every Thursday night at our website, assemblycall.com. Also, make sure you sign up for our free IU Hoops email newsletter. Over 9,000 of your fellow IU fans have already subscribed. Join for free today at join.assemblycall.com. Again, that's join.assemblycall.com. 
I'm Andy Bottoms here with Chad Schwartzkoff and Kathy Amos, and we are breaking down IU's 72 or 90 to 79 win over Marshall. And uh, I guess you know some would say I just didn't have time to change the uh, the intro from Holes and Zeisloff, but others would say that that was just a fitting homage to IU's three point shooting tonight, where they shot 53 percent from the floor. Uh, so you can all decide which uh, which side of that you come down on. So all right, now it's time for game balls. Uh, so we'll go around. This one feels relatively easy, I would think. But Kathy, I'll let you go first again, as uh, as I did the uh, other night when you were. Oh, out. I have to go first. Gosh, I need some more time really to think about this one. This <laughs> there are only so two hard. options. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard. I, I mean, clearly, it's got to be um, Race Thompson, right? No, just kidding. It's got to be TJD, right? I mean, he had a career night and uh, in points, and he was there was just no one that was going to stop him tonight from Marshall. So that. It's it's easy, yeah. TJD for sure. Chad, you? I mean, I, I could be like Jared and where he knows the way the way a vote's going to go, and he wants to be mix it up and be silly. Uh, no, it's TJD. It's obvious he he's dominated. He had the emotion. He had uh, the physicality out there. He didn't. Uh, my my favorite other part of it. We kind of talked about. I mentioned shot selection and why our our shooting was so well. He also didn't force anything crazy. He didn't try. We didn't see his uh, his typical uh, try to hit a 15-footer or something like that that we've kind of seen recently, but he just kind of played in his game and played in his window. And uh, as I think Jeff mentioned earlier on in the chat and everything, uh, this is where we got to see Woody take care of uh, the NBA kind of coach in him. And TJD was hot, so he kept going to TJD, just kept kicking and, and using the thing that worked and said, stop it. Try to stop it, and Marshall couldn't. So TJD game ball. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty tough to go, pretty tough to go against him. I think the fact that um, I I don't know that it's overly close, but it says a lot about Xavier Johnson that you at least would pause for a minute and think about and think about him in a game where TJD scored forty three. Uh, ultimately, I'm like you guys. I I'm not going with Xavier Johnson. I think we'll. Probably talk about him here in a minute for the next award, but uh, yeah, I'm hard pressed to go uh, against TJD, who really carried the team in in both halves. And I just thought emotionally and from a leadership perspective, we touched on that a little bit earlier. Uh, really got everybody else fired up, got guys calmed down when they needed to be calmed down, and and just the evolution of him as a leader has been a joy to watch through the the early part of this season, and uh, he is certainly making the most of his decision to come back in terms of, you know, how much he's raising his NBA stock. I'm not the guy to be able to tell you uh, about the, about that, but just in terms of uh, elevating his game and his all around impact on the team for a guy who was already the focal point of the team for the last two seasons is, uh, is, is really exciting to me. So clean sweep for that one. TJD gets the game ball. uh, And I think anytime you score 43 points, probably is reasonable. All right. So now uh, it's time for the Hoosier Hustle Award, which is sponsored by our friends at Evansville Security Services. Based in the hometown of IU legend Calvert Chaney and hopefully future legend Christian Lander, Evansville Security Services provides off-duty police officers to businesses and individuals throughout Indiana. So remember, prevention cannot be measured. So let Evansville Security Services help you prevent a bad outcome today. Go to EvansvilleSecurityServices.com to learn more. Again, that's EvansvilleSecurityServices.com. All right, so with this one, uh, Chad, I'll let you. I'll let you have first crack at the uh, Hoosier Hustle Award. Who gets your uh, Hoosier Hustle Award in this one? 
And that one's easy as well. Xavier Johnson, just he, he's the second point leader. He just another game where he illustrated how important he is to this team and how integral he is as as a player for this team. Uh, five steals. Love those active hands for him. Uh, we didn't see it much on this game, but where that's going to pay off big time is in the Big Ten when we get into teams that love the set plays, dumping down the way he's going to dig down on the big men and everything. He's going to get a lot of steals that way as well, but a lot of good hustle plays out of him after uh, shaking off a little bit of the rust uh, like a lot of the players had to at the beginning, but just a, a great hustle performance by him. Kathy, what about you? Yep, I'll second that. Uh, definitely going to give my hustle word to Xavier for sure. I loved his defense, as Chad already mentioned, five steals. Um, but I also just love the seven assists. I think earlier in a couple of earlier games, we just talked about the chemistry we were thinking we were seeing start develop between Tamar and um, Christian Lander. I think we're really seeing that tonight on the floor with TJD and and Xavier. So the seven assists, I would suspect they were probably all to TJD. I don't uh, didn't track them, but <laughs> I would um, bet hard money on that and feel like I would win that bet that they were to him. And so uh, again, just the fact that he calmed down after those first quick two turnovers on the first three possessions that we had. So overall, I just loved loved X for the the hustle award tonight for sure. I will make that one a clean sweep as well, although I will give honorable mention to Parker Stewart, uh, as I mentioned before. just really thought he battled uh, and and fought through it. But uh, certainly Xavier, just with his contributions across the stat sheet and the way he set the tone defensively as he uh, that, that mentioned that play in the first half, the, the steal when they were pressing in the second half and just really got up into guys was disruptive. Uh, and I think that's what you look for from him. And also a guy who, we've talked about this before, can continue to get to the basket. Uh, and just as a, a playmaker that IU has has lacked in, in recent seasons uh, with the ball. So, I, uh, I yeah, I, w- I will go with Xavier. Uh, honorable mention to Parker Stewart on that one. So, uh, fairly easy uh, easy night on the award front for us tonight. When, uh, But I guess when two guys combined for 63 of the 90 points, uh, maybe that's the way it goes. Uh, all right. So I want to talk lingering storylines. So, uh, you, you know, I, I'm not sure if you guys have any thoughts of those, uh, certainly chat mob as you're on here, um, you know, give us any lingering questions that you have as we, uh, move forward from this game. Uh, and, and maybe while we're looking for those, I'll let you guys kind of look for those. I'll, I'll do a quick, uh, Syracuse preview since that is the next game for IU, which is Tuesday, I believe at seven o'clock Eastern. Uh, I know it was listed at seven or seven thirty, but I believe it's seven o'clock on ESPN two. Uh, so, just playing Syracuse, quite honestly, probably uh, drives uh, you know IU fans to to drink potentially. Uh, Jay also mentioned that he is traditionally bad luck attending. Uh, road games and he will be at the game so that is a lingering question that i have is whether he should still attend the game or not but uh syracuse this year they are just three and three they were in uh i forget which event they were in were they in atlantis i think they were um ended up losing two of their three games there also lost at home to colgate uh, about a week ago and uh so, so they lose to vcu uh, and VCU, pretty injury-depleted team this year. Lost to them by 12. Did come back and beat Arizona State uh, by 8 the following day. And then in the finale, they lost Auburn by 21. So they're reeling a little bit, coming back from that uh, that trip. It, it's it's ultimately the zone that has everybody worried with, uh, with Syracuse. Uh, defensively, they're kind of middle of the pack. Uh, not even 
quite in the middle of the pack from a defensive efficiency standpoint. Offensively, uh, they've been good. They rank, at least as I'm looking at it now, 19th in adjusted offensive efficiency. Uh, Three-point shooting has been really good. And uh, so that'll be, you know, another test for IU's uh, defense. I think, you know, not as, not as, uh, not as unique a scheme, I guess, is what Marshall rolled out. Uh, but Buddy Beheim, uh, Jim Beheim's son, one of two sons that he has playing on the team is uh, really the headliner from an offensive perspective. Uh, he is not shooting it all that well from three yet this year, but uh, he had a big run for them late last season. So they've got uh, some tough players, Joseph Girard, a, uh, the point guard there. So that'll be a, a guy that you, you know, can you disrupt him a little bit and certainly a team that Xavier Johnson uh, will be familiar with as you, uh, as you go into that in a scheme to a certain extent, maybe that helps. Maybe that doesn't, uh, I don't, I don't really know. It's tough to say, but uh, should be a good game. I use first road test, which I think everybody's been waiting on to see how they will, uh, will respond. So, Will be an uh, interesting game as always. Maybe exercise at least a few demons for for IU in the game. But uh, again, they'll go to Syracuse on Tuesday, so we'll have the post game show for you uh, here after that. Uh, so in terms of lingering questions, uh, one that was in there from Brett: Can the bench bounce back Wednesday night and help the Hoosiers get a W in the dome? Um, Chad, I'll throw this one to you. Uh, you know, thoughts on you know what, what are the things that concerned us from the bench tonight whether that be defensively or offensively things that you feel like are a blip on the radar uh or maybe a a warning sign of of some struggles that they may have i think it's a blip i mean syracuse the way they're struggling on on offense this year i think uh the guys have a chance to bounce back and i think a game like this with this high uh offensive uh iq and passing basketball iq i could see uh geronimo having a good game back um, flashing to the uh, free throw line with his using his length to catch the ball and and, and find the open man, uh, breaking down the zone, like you said as well. I think having X as well to uh, has seen them before and knows how to probe that that zone well, and he'll he'll figure out ways to get in there as well. Uh, my neighbor's a huge Syracuse fan, so he's been hanging his head a little bit. So the fan base is a little deflated this year. I will I will tell you that as well. Um, I did flirt with the idea and maybe if we beat them, I'll, I'll candy stripe it, but I was going to leave a, a, a tube of Colgate at his doorstep after they got beat. Uh, <laughs> but maybe I'll candy stripe it and, and leave it there. Uh, if we beat them on Tuesday, but, um, yeah, I mean, there's gonna be a lot of questions and, uh, the bigger question too is, um, how are the coaches going to do with it? Um, if, if we are struggling with it, are you going to see good timeouts? Uh, there's been good timeouts in this game, uh, by the coaching staff to kind of settle things. And uh, are we going to use those timeouts well? And what are we going to look like coming out of those timeouts in the Syracuse game? Kathy, what about you? You have lingering concerns about the bench? I, I, I don't. I think we saw them get a lot of good good run and good minutes earlier in some of the other games where they wasn't quite as tight. I, I think this just wasn't a great matchup for some of our younger guys. Uh, for Lander in particular, I think it was just a little bit fast for him. For for Michael Durr, as we've already mentioned, it, was, it just seemed really fast for him. So I wouldn't expect that we'll see that in the next game of Syracuse. I think it'll hopefully be a pace that fits more to, to their style of play. Um, so I, I'm, not, I'm not concerned about the bench yet so i think we've seen enough from them in other games that knows that they're they're good they're good ball players and we just 
and we know too that um, adjustments mid-game are allowed. <laughs> so um, I think we saw that from the coaching staff, not just at halftime. And you know, Chad and I have both mentioned it multiple times now, uh, calling timeouts at appropriate times and things like that, and getting guys under control. The thing for me that'll be interesting is to see the use of the the substitution patterns. I think. We might have touched on it earlier. Um, there weren't any timeouts or excuse me, weren't any substitutions until 12 minutes into the game. And then when there were, he brought in both Lander, Der, or, um, was it? Lander Geronimo and um, Scoop all at the same time. And so maybe we don't, hopefully we can see some adjustments from the coaching with that too. And we don't have the massive, you know, take three guys of our starters out. And maybe it's a little bit more um balanced <laughs> um to let those guys play a little bit more with starters as opposed to all coming in together at once but those are some of my thoughts around the bench and maybe how they might be utilized a little differently going forward yeah one of the other lingering questions was from tim just around uh what's in coaching against the zone I, I think it was one of the games earlier in the season he talked about you know i don't see a lot of that in the nba um certainly as he watches film i think he'll have some good sets to to prepare iu to to do that and i think one of the big things is how you get the ball to TJD coming off such a dominant performance. How are you able to get it uh, to him in a place where he can do some damage, whether that's at the free throw line and, uh, you know, allow him to make a quick decision, try to get to the basket. Uh, I, I think it'll be interesting to see how they involve TJD. He's clearly a huge part of the offense. Can you put him there and, 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 and use his passing ability that he showed at times tonight to be able to kick out to guys uh, another question was, you know, could this be a great breakout game for Parker Stewart, given his skill set, being able to shoot the ball against the zone like that? I think that's certainly possible. So it'll be really interesting to see how IU attacks the zone. I, I assume Coach Adrani will talk a little bit about that as he previews the uh, previews the Syracuse game uh, heading into that matchup. But uh, that's definitely a, be an interesting one for me, a, a, an early coaching test for him, if you will, that uh, I know everyone is hoping that he will, uh, will pass with flying colors. So... All right. With that, uh, I think we're about to uh, wrap things up here. Uh, before we do that, uh, please remember to check out our friends at Homefield Apparel. Uh, again, under normal circumstances, you could use the promo code HOME at checkout to get 15% off your first order for the next couple of days through Monday. You don't need a code at all. You can just get 20% off your entire order at Homefield Apparel uh, for their Black Friday sale. So with that, uh, it's time for last call uh, for IU's 90-79 to 79 win over Marshall. And Kathy, I'll throw it to you first. Final thoughts on tonight's sure. win. Yeah, great. Thanks, Andy. Uh, I think for me, the thing I'm most encouraged about is the fact that this team saw some adversity this year and battled through it and came out on top and not just in a close on top battle. I know their first game was a little um, concerning as well, but I think the this game, I didn't feel panic. Even we were down 12. I, I just felt like they were going to, to turn around and get back into the game. And I didn't feel that um, pit in my stomach <laughs> that maybe we felt uh, the last, I don't know, five years or so whenever we'd get down 12 and just feel like there was no hope of coming back from it. So for me, I just love the, again, the optimism that the program seems to have anymore. And this game to me proved that for myself personally. I felt, again, we're down 12. If you would have asked me to be down 12, you know, in a game like this a couple of years ago, I would have probably given up on the team. In this case, I didn't. And I actually felt fairly calm as a fan, which I'm not, you can ask my husband, um, not always the most calm person in, in the room, especially when it comes to basketball. And I actually felt pretty calm in, in this and didn't get concerned about it. So I, I'm very encouraged with everything I've seen. Um, my lingering question is still the strength of schedule. And again, this one helped. I think, Chad, you mentioned it too. It came at the right time. We've had some kind of 
easy, very easy games to come off to. We had some bench play, get some great experiences there. Um, it didn't quite pan out for them this this night in terms of a positive, but it's still a great learning lesson for the bench as well. And it was a great learning um, lesson for the team as, as a whole. Um, so we'll see when we finally go on the road on Tuesday, I'm sure. So I, I'm excited with each game to see more and more growth from this team and from the coaching staff. And I love everything I'm seeing for so far. Well said. Chad, final thoughts on the victory for you. Uh, this is great. We've got one more kind of cupcake game to uh, to, to finish off this kind of off-season uh, kind of thing, off-conference season portion of the schedule, uh, going into, obviously, our biggest test yet coming up. So just again, I've, I echo what I said in, in my opening thoughts, that this schedule has been has been constructed beautifully for this team. We've been able to relatively answer all all questions that we had uh, in the offseason to a degree. Obviously, we don't have definitive answers, but we've seen at least positives to most of the questions that we had going into this season for this team. So that's exciting to see. And we move forward and now we see how this team can handle uh, a tough schedule and how they can handle the Big Ten. So it's great to move forward from here. So very excited for that. Very excited for the things going forward. Um, little self plug as, as we're in there too. Obviously you can see I'm not at home, so I'm not going to have Hoosier morning after in the morning tomorrow guys. So have, it'll be Hoosier morning after, after those that haven't seen it. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at general Chadwick or, uh, look on YouTube for, uh, for Hoosier morning after, and you'll find the page on there. Uh, this year I've had some great guests on Andy. I know I'm, I'm going to get you on eventually there. We're going to kind of try to talk some bracketology. We get deeper into that season, everything like that. Uh, slight tease here. Also, I uh, uh, have a player uh, that's going to come on the show one time. We're just trying to work out the schedule because he's in a little tougher uh, time zone. So I'll just leave it at that uh, to try to get him to watch a game and be on the next morning. So, um, yeah, great to be on. Uh, great game. Oh, another win. We're undefeated. Let's keep it going, guys. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, well, this way, Chad, you got your thoughts out right after the game. So you can kind of hold people over until the morning after after. Uh, and so we're, uh, I think we're good. We're good on that. So definitely would encourage everybody to, uh, to check that out as well. Uh, for, for me, this was uh, Kathy, you know, said a lot of what I, what I thought it was a great chance to see this team have a little bit of adversity and it was nice to, uh, see them fight back pretty quickly, uh, when things started to get away from him in the first half. Uh, it was great to see coaching adjustments be made timeouts be taken, uh, all those little things that I think you take for granted, uh, at various points. But, um, but, but I think they, they, you know, tried to, to stem the tide when they needed to, uh, and did a good job of responding. Now they got to go clean up the things that were there, but, uh, this was just a fun night, quite honestly, to watch Trace Jackson Davis do his thing. Uh, it was, uh, he was just, flat out dominant and Xavier Johnson was the, uh, you know, the Robin to Trace's Batman, if you will. And, uh, just thought those two carried IU from a leadership standpoint, effort, um, shot making and, uh, and, and just a, a, a really impressive win when you didn't have a lot of things, maybe didn't go your way, but you had arguably, uh, certainly the best, maybe the two best, at least two of the three best players on the court. Uh, and those were really the guys who who brought it home for IU, and just to see, as we talked about before with Trace, um, you know the leadership and and the things like that that he's been able to grow in over the course of the season, and to put up a, uh, a flat out dominant performance and record setting performance from that standpoint with forty three points uh, in this one uh, is a, is a testament to what he's done. 
and I think speaks really well as you spin that forward into the, you know, macro bit in, in terms of what Woodson is able to sell to others in the program uh, in terms of getting Trace to come back and then the success that he is having so far, I think has been uh, an early feather in his cap as you as you go that way. So a uh, huge game from Trace, huge game from X and a, uh, a great win from IU where they, uh, you know, battled back a little bit. So now they hit the road for the first time. Schedule kind of builds on itself as we're going forward here and trying to figure things out uh, and seeing how this team evolves. So excited to see how they play in their first road environment. And uh, just to wrap up, timing is everything. The uh, IU women finished off a 53-51 to victory. I was kind of watching it on uh, watching the feed update in Twitter here, and Coach Marlowe brought it to us in the chat. So uh, also a good way to plug that uh, Kathy and uh, Coach Marlowe are planning to uh, start their own post-game show for the ladies, I believe this Thursday, according to uh, what she put here in the chat. So more to come on that. I'm sure you can follow the uh, Assembly Call account, and we'll uh, let you guys know where you can find that, but exciting win for them after a, a tough loss, um, but a, a great late comeback from them against Stanford the other day. So uh, IU Sports salvaged a, a split in what a day that didn't start out very good, but the uh, the hardwood brought it home. So always glad to uh, always glad to see that and uh, appreciate both Kathy and Chad for being here with me tonight, and for those of you who uh, joined us to watch uh, on in the chat mob or. Uh, we'll be listening to this later. So it's been a enjoyable, uh, enjoyable time to discuss IU basketball and something that we've all been waiting for for a while. So very excited uh, to share that with everyone here. And uh, that is going to do it for the show tonight. All right. And as we do that, the run sheet has decided to stop. So I'll try to do this from memory. Uh, that'll <laughs> do it for this tonight's edition of the Assembly Call IU Basketball Postgame Show. Remember to join us uh, after every game and on Thursdays for Assembly Call Radio. We will talk to you again on Tuesday after the Syracuse game. And thanks to Bob Thompson for the music that you hear on the show and for uh, John Ringer of Riggs Design. And thank you for listening. We'll be back to talk IU Hoops with you again on Tuesday. Until then, take it from me, Freddie Max Wayne Jr. Keep your elbows in, your eyes on the rim, and man, go up and dunk the ball. Go Hoosers. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. I like everything about that. All right. Thanks, guys. I think I (laughs) only missed. I only think I missed a couple things. You'd think. I don't think you missed anything. I, I have the run there, sheet up, and I don't. There was think you something about yeah, yeah something know. about joining us and, and addresses for stuff. Not too bad. Although you quite honestly, you'd think for as many times as I've done this, I probably should just have it memorized. But what are you going to do? So anyway, <laughs> alrighty. <laughs> and, it, and it's as she mentioned in the chat. It's weird. It's it's you're only cracking up on the outros. It's when it's yeah. when your 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 uh, clips play. It, hmm. Those clips are breaking a little bit. All right. Yeah. Well, I'll have to ask Jared about that. At least it was better. Uh, as I mentioned last week, my, my friends from Cincinnati Bell did uh, did come out, tried to do some things to to boost the uh, the audio experience. So for those on the podcast, it doesn't come through because it records locally and it doesn't doesn't hear it. But for those uh, on the uh, on the uh, on the YouTube, hopefully it was at least a little bit better uh, tonight. So we'll we'll keep striving for right. incremental improvement as we go, and uh, we'll uh, we'll see. And a, and a refresher and reminder to those OG uh, chat mobbers, um, I still will get a pizza delivered to that door, guys. Um, I do know the address. I'm just <laughs> figuring out a good time to make that happen. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, cool. Well, I, I appreciate you guys joining. I know holiday time is uh, always tricky to uh, get folks to come on, so I appreciate you guys coming on and, uh, and for all that you brought to the show. So thanks so much. Yeah, my pleasure.
All right. Awesome. We will talk to everybody again Tuesday night. I honestly have no idea who's going to be on. I know I will not be, but um, some some combination of the uh, of the guys will be on. So we'll be uh, look forward to talking about what we hope will be another IU victory. So thanks, everybody. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of the uh, holiday weekend, and we will uh, talk to you guys soon. All right. Happy Saturday. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.